We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, it's T with the UFOs Want to Tell You Something. So this week I want to go over... A couple cases, just briefly, in a very odd alien encounter from a star-crossed lover. So this week the episode's going to be a little shorter. I wanted to try it out and see what you guys thought of that. Having a shorter episode as preferred to a longer one. Please shoot me an email or a message and let me know what you guys think. Alright guys, let's get it. So this first clip I have for you guys is from a YouTube channel called Cater Clips. And it's about a woman who allegedly has been abducted. So this part's going to be a little bit of a rant, but I'm going to play the clip and I'm going to incite fair use on it. This is for educational purposes and I feel that's the best route to go. Now this woman, as you'll hear claims to be in love with these euphonauts, which is quite odd when you think about it. But this is going to be part of the point of this episode on whether people do, in fact, make up alien abduction stories. All right, so let's get it. There was, like, all this love and light around him, and it just felt like we almost knew each other from, like, a different life or a different galaxy. Hi, I'm Abby Bella. I'm an actor and creator, and I'm in love with an alien. So I just, you know, I do a lot of comedy. I do some skits on Instagram. I was making a lot of jokes about aliens, and I started saying that it would be so fun if uh, you could date aliens because Tinder is so terrible. And I feel like I connected telepathically with the aliens because they heard me kind of say it over and over again, and I kept on, like, joking about it and like leaving my window open at night and it was just um like a weird like little quirky thing that I did and I didn't realize that it would like get the aliens attracted to me but they connected to me telepathically and uh just under two weeks ago uh it I saw the UFO outside of my room outside of my window and I had an encounter and that's how I met them it was uh one alien the alien that I'm dating and his crew on their UFO I realized that he was the one, um, just telepathically as well. Like, I could feel it. I could feel when I first encountered him, there was like all this love and light around him and it just felt like we almost knew each other from like a different life or a different galaxy. I can't explain it, but we had this instant connection and it just felt right. The uh, thing that the uh, my alien communicated to me that is the most important is that they're already here, but they come in peace, but we can't see them. And the future uh, for us, for them, and for us is going to be interspecies dating. Uh, but it's still taboo, and it's still taboo for them, because to them, we're aliens, so he was kind of doing something that would have been frowned upon as well. But the future is for us to date each other and create a new civilization. 
I think people are negative about um, me dating an alien and there's like a lot of hate around it because it's new and unexplored and I think there's just a fear around it and it's taboo but you know like back in the day you couldn't date someone from a different class uh, to yourself so I think you know those norms do change and love has no borders and no bounds so I'm hopeful. The future for me and my alien partner, um, I don't know what's going to happen because to be honest, I know that our planet is very violent and we keep on waging wars against each other so I don't know what the reaction would be like for my generation for alien dating but definitely the next generation will accept it so we'll probably have to uh, either keep it like I guess a long distance relationship or eventually I would have to go visit them in their galaxy. Okay, wow. So we got a lot to unpack from that. Now first off, she talks about how she's done comedy, she's done skits, and she's an actor. We can take that into account, but she seems to fully believe all this crap. Not to dog on the young lady, but I believe she's making it up, for some of the reasons we'll go over. So she jokes that Tinder is terrible, so she thought she wanted to date an alien and joked about that. So she started leaving her window open and was contacted telepathically. Now first off, I do not condone leaving your window open at night, that's probably not a very good idea. But rich within the lore of ufology is people not being contacted when they want. There are so many UFO believers and alien abduction believers out there who do not get contacted just for willing it that, you know, that's a red flag right there in itself. She then saw the crew member and knew that he was the one. They knew each other, her mother, either from a different galaxy or a different life. Now that's a bit of a weird statement, but we'll just skip right over that. They had an instant connection. So she saw the UFO occupants and the one that she's in love with, but you also can't see them. Maybe she means for everyday folks like us, but that right there is a bit of a red flag as well. Now, interspecies dating is forbidden and taboo to both us and them. Well, that's a bit of a weird statement to say, but wow. So maybe what her argument is is that we're too warlike, so therefore they won't come down on the White House lawn. We've all heard that argument before. And not only is it taboo for us to be dating aliens, but aliens to date us would be taboo. Now, I know she made that claim. It's just I don't know where to take it. You see, alien abductions, when they occur, most often, especially with the older books that you look into, such as Bud Hopkins, John Mack, and David Jacobs, they're very neutral, like Little Greys specifically, right? So when you're abducted, not a lot of emotion is shown. 
Interestingly, they have a job to perform. And that job seems to be genetically influenced. That is to say that they are creating a cross between us and them, allegedly. Now, with actual experiencers, you see this issue come up a lot. In fact, I would argue in almost every case. And you can see how profoundly it strikes abductees or experiencers. So I really gotta say, if it's taboo to us and them, well, it doesn't seem to be too taboo on their part, if you will. Now, a couple other issues I noticed, other than, well, the entire video. You don't just randomly become an abductee. Generally, abductees reportedly have these experiences from childhood on. You aren't just randomly picked up in the woods. They don't just come to your house because you willed them to and left your window open. In fact, I would be very interested to talk to her and find out the entire story if she's not completely making it up as I believe she is. Either that, or she may be suffering from... I hate to say some form of psychosis because I kind of doubt that. I think more likely she maybe had a sleep paralysis incident. Now I know a lot of people don't like that and they might be thinking you know, perhaps I'm a debunker. But within the field of alien abductions, you kind of have to rule that out. You can't take everybody at their word. Now this is a great example why. And I really hope that no researcher has done that with this young lady. Now again, I don't mean to bag on her, it's just... I do not believe it. It does not fit the mold. And, you know, there's a lot of issues. And one of the funny things I caught at the end was how she's going to have to keep the relationship long distance. That kind of made me laugh. Now, I'm going to go more along the lines of she's just making it all up. She thinks it's funny. Hey, that's fine and dandy. But what I'm going to do with part of this episode is we're going to go over... A couple reasons people would lie about an alien abduction. And this is a little bit of my primer for that. Now another note about this lady is that on the article, what you find is that she claims that this isn't the first time it's happened to her. They told her to wait in the usual spot. Around 12.15, she fell asleep, and a flying saucer swept into view. Well, from what I gathered from her video, she acted like it was the first time. That she had been joking around about aliens and stuff like that beforehand. And the next thing she knew, she wasn't in bed anymore. Here's a direct quote. The next evening, I sat next to my window. There was a bright green beam which transported me to the UFO. She later went on to describe in the article, as a quote, I couldn't see them clearly, and they telepathically said, I'm not ready to see them in their true form. But from what I could see, 
They had a slight green hue and big black eyes with the human features, such as eyebrows. I just wanted to throw in a couple little quotes there for you. Because when I was recording it, I didn't throw those in. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alright, so the bigger question is... What makes people lie about alien abductions? Well, it could come down to a couple things. The person lying about the alien abduction could... Assume that perhaps there's some monetary gain within it. You can sell a book, you can go on a lecture circuit. But to be honest with you, doing those things doesn't make you a lot of money. So somebody who looks into the alien abduction phenomena enough to learn basic details and then throw it in there doesn't look into the money aspect. Now that isn't to say that this hasn't happened and that it won't happen again, because it has and it probably will happen again. Now I'm not going to cite specific cases, but I am going to mention one and this one's kind of controversial, which is Stan Romanek. Now there's been people who have gone to investigate Stan's case and report weird things happening. There's also the documentary on Netflix. But when I remember first hearing about Stan's case, it seemed really odd to me. I'd never heard a report of possum-faced aliens, or just, they're just weird looking in general, but he called them like possum people or something. I'd never heard that before and it seemed really weird to me. Not only that, I remember he had done a podcast episode with somebody, they were interviewing him, and a robot voice came up and started calling him Starseed, which was really weird. Later on, he did another interview with somebody over a camera on face or on YouTube rather. And you can see him visibly throw a pen and act like he didn't know what was going on. He was also on the news for an alien peering through his window and a bunch of other things like that. But once you get caught faking it, that's enough. Your credibility is out the window. Now why Stan decided to go ahead and make these stories, I don't know. Could be monetization. Maybe he just wanted to make a name for himself. Maybe he thought it would be a romantic story between him and his wife. Because originally, his very first UFO sighting and him recording it, allegedly with a lot of people witnessing it, right? He took a video, sent it to his now wife, Lisa, and that began everything. Now we all know what happened to Stan afterwards. 
and where he is now. I'm not going to bring that up in this. All I can say is I do not buy into Stan's story. They replicated an alien peering through the window with a puppet. Not only that, like I said, there was the pen throwing incident. There's also the crappy photographs he took of hybrid children that allegedly were his, along with recordings on his phone. Right, they left him messages. Well, I'm sorry, but Stan Romanak is not very credible. Now, that's why it's controversial, because some people still believe it. I do not. And I listened to that, it was on Open Minds Podcast with Alejandro Rojas. I used to listen to that weekly. Because I am from Grand Junction, Colorado, and so is Alejandro Rojas. And Stan Romanak lived in Colorado Springs, so not too far off. But I remember weird little details, and if you go back and listen, you can catch them. Even some to relating to where he's at now. So again, the question comes about, why would somebody report an alien abduction if they are not an abductee? So we've gone over monetization, maybe leaving a legacy for yourself. What other reasons could there be? Well, another one that comes to mind would be simply just fooling people. That's rich within the lore of ufology. People making a model of a UFO, placing it in a tree, taking a picture, throwing a rim up in the air, taking a picture, men going in the fields and making crop circles, just to fool the public. Now the psychology behind doing this is quite fascinating, I I really don't even know where to go with it. Because personally, I couldn't imagine wanting to be an abductee, wanting to see UFOs. Maybe they just want excitement in their life, I don't know. But it is all odd nonetheless. Now another question comes about, what would even give people the thought of doing this? Well simply put, looking at things like the Betty and Barney Hill case, or how famous the Travis Walton case was, again, monetization makes people think that they're going to get money from this. But not often do they. Now I know a big one right now happens to be the Travis Walton case. Now what Mike, the brother-in-law Travis Walton, does not take back is seeing the UFO. But after they drove off, he's not claiming that he knows what happened if he was abducted or not. And that's understandable. He wasn't there for it. They had driven off and came back and he was gone. Does that mean Travis Walton is lying? No, it does not. But I've heard quite a few things that are issues with the Travis Walton case. Specifically, if you listen to Kevin Randall, we'll go over some of them. Now, in my opinion, this does not make Travis Walton a liar. 
Mike is not saying it didn't happen, he's just saying he doesn't know what happened. And I caught that from listening to the interview with Kevin Randall that Mike did. And you can still go find that as well, on Kevin Randall's podcast. Now again, this doesn't mean that Travis Walton is a liar, and personally, I don't believe that he is. Now this is one of those cases where it's abducted by chance, rather than your classic alien abduction, or repeated abductions. As far as I know, that's the only one Travis Walton's ever talked about. And it could have occurred due to whatever damage he occurred from said UFO, allegedly. Now that's the theory behind it. Now again, I don't believe that Travis Walton's making it up, but there are some others that I do. Another one, as an example, would be Ed Walters of the Gulf Breeze UFO Encounters. When you look into his case, it is strikingly similar to Whitley Strieber, at least his depiction of an extraterrestrial or alien. He's even got the little wand in his hand. Now, I'm not here to determine whether somebody's lying or not, but in these couple examples I'm giving, two of which are very evident to possibly be liars. That being Stan Romanak, and that being Ed Walters. Travis Walton, his abduction account is merely his and his alone. The, the spotting of the UFO, that was witnessed, and they all passed polygraphs, even though not admissible in court. They very well could have seen a UFO. They just don't know what happened after they drove off. Now, when I talk to experiencers, and I know others have too, they generally don't like their story to be out in the light. Not often. You do have some. But for the most part, they like to keep it to themselves. They don't like to talk about it because of ridicule. They think that People think they're crazy, or lying and making it up, or just out for a book or movie deal. Well, as far as Hollywood goes, they don't do a whole lot of alien abduction. True tales, right? So even Fire in the Sky, right there at the end, there's a whole horror scene that is not accurate. And if you notice, there's no Stan Romanak. Linda Napolitano or Cortiel, I'm not going to go into because, you know, she doesn't have a movie deal. She's just done. I tried to get Linda on so we could talk to her, but, you know, it is what it is on that. So the abductees I've talked to, even the ones who put books out there, you don't make a lot of money off of this. But perhaps some people... Just perceive that you're going to make a lot of money off of it. I guess and go down in history. I by no means buy into every alien abduction. I think there's a set trend of what occurs during an alien abduction. And I think if people just use rational thought, 
you can determine whether an alien abduction would be accurate or not. That is to say, even before, as I've stated, I have had sleep paralysis dreams of alien abductions and UFOs. But within my rational thought, I could determine that they were sleep paralysis or just dreams. I think that's where a lot of people fall short. It's because rather than look at it with a rational eye, they get entrenched within the mythology of alien abductions. Now, what other reasons would a person claim this? Well, not in abduction lore. Let's go over a funny little case that I found that I shared on my Facebook a while back. This is a Tennessee man named Jamie Lee McGuire. He was arrested after shooting a shotgun at his neighbor's house in an attempt to scare away aliens. The man says, Aliens have been relentlessly attacking me with telepathic communications. I saw the aliens in the block storage building on the other side of his property. I ran and got the shotgun and began shooting at the aliens. Now later, a police report indicates the man allegedly admitted to smoking meth the day before. Now while not alien abduction related, I figured it was good to kind of throw this in there. Number one is a bit of a laughing matter to a certain degree. But to another to show that sometimes people just use aliens as an excuse. What probably happened was he was obviously high on meth, probably had an issue with the neighbors, or was hallucinating. Therefore, firing his gun and getting in trouble for it. Interestingly, last year, on September 11th, a Kentucky man was arrested for a very similar thing. I don't know that he was on meth from the article I read, which I'll link in my Facebook in the show notes. But this man was at a hotel, whipped a gun out the window, and started firing and claimed that there was an alien out there. So, in other words, sometimes people use aliens as an excuse to get away with things, too. I don't know why they thought that would work, but they still use it. Now, again, not to kick a dead horse, but same thing with Stan Romanak can be said. If you know what Stan Romanak was arrested for, the whole alien abduction thing is quite the cover. Because all you simply have to do in the field of ufology is claim a government conspiracy against you. And then some people will believe you and others won't. Another example, if I can find the article again, I will link it. I believe it's on Mysterious Universe. Is a man who worked at a dog food factory who was fired after seeing a seven to eight fall mantis creature, if I recall, who telepathically communicated with him 
therefore resulting in him being late. As you can see, there's a bit of a trend with the alien excuse. Now don't quote me on the dog food one, because I'm having a hard time finding that article, and I refuse to pay Mysterious Universe $5 just to read articles. But the point of the whole thing is, sometimes people make things up and you have to be careful. We can't assume that every encounter is legitimate and it just straight down to facts, right? Sometimes people make things up. And again, this is a bit more of a rant episode. But it's something that has to be done. Now there is a great many of legitimate alien abductees who suffer from psychological and physiological effects. Debbie Cobble is a great example of that. Terry Lovelace, Whitley Strieber, and many others that I have spoken to. In other words, what we need to do is just take a closer look into things. Do due diligence and do your research. I realize that the field of alien abductions within the overarching field of ufology is complicated. But if you focus on the basic facts, you can determine whether somebody is telling the truth or not. Due to commonalities, the physiological effects on them, the psychological effects. Documentation from doctors or psychologists stating people are fine or there's abnormalities within their bodies. Things like that legitimize alien abductions. While stories like the young lady from the first segment kind of muddy things up and just tear things down and give the field a bad name. So the takeaway is that people will make up alien abduction stories for fame, for notoriety, just to be foolish jerks, for monetization, and a plethora of other reasons. This is why people have such a hard time coming out with alien abduction experiences. The alien abduction phenomena is already complicated and convoluted, but it seems to be happening to seemingly credible people, all the way from military people, doctors, psychologists, and your average Joes. One thing that you can take from this is just be cautious and vet everybody you talk to. With that, I'm going to let you guys go. Tell me if you like these shorter episodes or you like them longer. Just let me know what you think. Again, I'm sorry for my little rant, but these things have to be said. If you'd like to get in touch with me, hit me up on Facebook or theufos at yahoo.com 
or abductionenigma.webador.com and shoot me a message on there. If you just like to talk about your alien abduction experience with just me, if you'd like to appear on the podcast, just let me know. Feel free to take the alien abduction questionnaire and create it on there. You're questioning your experience. I'm going to get a blog going pretty soon on there. But, like I said, if you'd like to get in contact with me, hit me up on Facebook, Yahoo, or the website. I'm here to help and I'm here to listen to you. So it'll stay between us. I want to thank the Google's Hot Rods from Outer Space. I want to thank you guys for listening. And I definitely want your feedback. Alright guys, keep kicking it.